thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy, Will T. We're also part of Sports Journey. Make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. You can find all kinds of sports content, especially for your DMV sports teams. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. I can't call it. It's another week, another Urban Sports Scene special. So I'm good, man. Blessed. I get to spend time with the fellas. I'm good. Yeah, we were up, just man. talking about the whole versus battle. Remember yeah. about what's coming up on Instagram? Real, yeah, it will see. It just made me think yeah. we need to have our own. Our own versus battle? <laughs> we'll T.I. versus Jeezy, man. You said over the, over the history of this show. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> hey, subscribe. I think I would win. You think I you'll win? I know what. I'm nah, not. You know what, bro? Because you say 85% because you're always saying 85%. Yes, sir. Oh, man. All right, we ain't going to get into that. We got to guess. We ain't going to get into all that. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. Into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. As part of our DMV Baller Series, we'll have Morgan State basketball coach Kevin Brodus. Uh, coach Brodus is from D.C. At 835, we'll talk about the Washington football team beating the Dallas Cowboys 25-3. Uh, to 3. Finally, we'll make our week, our NFL Week 8 picks. Uh, but first, Ray, can you introduce our guest? As always, my pleasure. Our guest is a native Washingtonian who has a rich basketball resume that dates back to his playing days at D.C. Dunbar High School, as well as Montgomery Blair High School in Silver Spring, Maryland. His talents would take him to Grambling State University, where he would redshirt his freshman year prior to returning to the DMV to attend Bowie State University. Our guest was a hoop standout for Bowie State for three seasons, earning all-conference rookie honors in his first year and leading the Bulldogs in scoring as team captain during his senior year. His stellar playing career will propel our guest into coaching, where he began as an assistant with his alma mater, Bowie State, prior to since with the University of District of Columbia, a.k.a. UDC, American University, and George Washington University. In 2004, he would join the staff of John Thompson III, a.k.a. JT3, at Georgetown University, where he became known as one of the best recruiters in college basketball, landing top players, including two friends of the show, Chris Wright and Austin Freeman, as well as former Washington Wizards, Otto Porter. While a member of JT3 staff, the Hoyas won three Big East championships and advanced to seven postseason tournaments during what totaled as nine years with Georgetown, including two trips to the Sweet 16 and one trip to the Final Four in 2007. He also spent two seasons as the head coach at Binghamton University from 2007 to 2009, leading the Bearcats to an American East championship and their first ever NCAA tournament appearance in 2009. Our guest would additionally serve as an assistant under Mark Turgeon at the University of Maryland College Park prior to landing his current position as head coach of Morgan State University. He can now add to his acclaimed resume, guest of the Urban Sports Team. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Coach Kevin Brodus. What's up, Coach? What's up? <laughs> What's up, fellas? Glad to be here tonight, man. We appreciate you for being on. Thank you, Coach. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry. Yes. 
Calmness it, it seemed like a great show you guys have here. I've heard a little bit about it, mm. and I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Hey, well, so you want to start first? That's you from um, you went you're a Morgan State dude. You yeah, want to start first? First, first, yeah, first, first, yeah. First of all, coach, I'm a proud alumni of Morgan State University, class of '04. So, um, I'm looking right forward on. to big things um, uh, this upcoming season. I do have a question for you. Okay. Coming from you know two major <clears throat> basketball powerhouses, the University of Maryland and Georgetown, how does your recruiting change? How does the recruiting angle or the pitch change having, you know, when you go into a young man's uh, living room now that you're at Morgan State opposed to at the University of Maryland or at Georgetown? Well, considering we're not going into anyone's living rooms no time soon, you know, with this pandemic going on, you know, your your, your sales, and I hate to say it like this, but your sales pitch, it, it changes. And, you know, now you're selling more so a 40-year commitment to a university that, you know, yeah, it's not a PIT, it's a HBCU. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I understand, you know, growing up in D.C., kids wanting to, because I wanted to play at the highest level. You want to play at the highest level. But with the, the, the way the, the country is shaped now and the way we're going, you know, right now, HBCUs are the end thing. Mm. Are the thing, you know, kids, they're not frowning on. And we just sell them on that. You know, always tell kids, <clears throat> the basketball is round at HBCU. It is orange. The court's 94 feet. And the, the books you're going to learn from and the, the literature you're going to learn from is all the same. So, you know, all of us as coaches, you know, we've been through – the same thing as these coaches that coach at the highest level. I've seen it all, you know, and I tell them, you know, we can get to where you want to get to at a HBCU. So <clears throat> you don't have to just go to, you don't have to just go to the bigger schools. You can come to HBCU and be seen. There's no hidden gems anymore. I mean, that's what a scout's job is to find that guy. And, you know, you had Kyle Quinn out of Norfolk. You had kids out of uh, out of mm-hmm. Morgan that ha- has gotten looks. I mean, it's 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 just a thing where you have to be seen, and they're gonna come see you if you're good enough. So, it's the 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 sales pitch is the same. It's just a different uh, area code, zip code, and address. We're in Cold Spring now, not on Route One. <laughs> you know, that's what I always tell them. <laughs> yes, sir. I know that's right. So, so, Coach, I know you probably mentioned your resume because it is important for, for young people to understand where you coached at and where you played at. So you have that great D1 experience at these big universities, as Will just mentioned, but you also have the experience of playing um, at two HBCUs. So I love that aspect. But I want to ask, as a historian uh, of just D.C. basketball and basketball in general, and how important is it? to share with recruits that at one point in the past, HBCUs, they were on top. You know, things changed, I want to say, maybe around the 70s. How important is that for these young guys to know that at one point, you know, like a North Carolina A&T, man, was just as good as like a Kentucky, so to speak? I'll tell you what. In the Back in the early 80s when I went to Grambling, there were just as many NFL prospects on that campus as it was at – say Georgia. Mm. And that's 
and that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, you used to see Everson Walls and a, a bunch of guys walking around campus. And you saw NFL scouts on campus all the time. And then, you know, before then, I, I, I don't remember. I think my father was telling me back in the 60s and the 70s where blacks couldn't go to the Alabamas and the, the Georgias and, the, you know, the schools in the, in the deep south, the old misses. Yep. You know, the, the, the SWAC had as many NFL prospects as they did in probably a lot of the high major leagues, just as many. You know, you got Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, uh, Doug Williams, Jefferson uh, Gilliam. I mean, you got so many guys, especially back then in football, was going to the NFL. Then that's when all the integration came in. So it's not new now to the the HBCUs. It has been done before, and it will come back again. You know, they always say things (laughs) go in a circle, you know, like – Every mm-hmm. cycle, and I think when going in that phase, you know, once TV, you know, wisen up and you know put parity and show some of the HBCU, uh, not just basketball and football, other sports on TV, it's entertaining, and people want to be entertained. So I do think it's coming back, and I hope it's sooner than later because it's doing our kids a disservice. I mean, I get it. You know, TV is a big business thing. But HBCUs, I mean, if you see some of these teams and coaches in these leagues, they're just as good as the high major coaches. It's a, it's astonishing to me, and it's amazing sometimes. When when I was at that level as an assistant, and I and you sit back and you're like, wow, where did that guy come from? And I'm not going to say any names. You're like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, then you go coach at HBCU and you see some of these guys, they're just as good as a lot of these guys out here. So I think once, you know, the people, like I always say, once the narrative is changed and people see that it's real sports on the other side, and I always say the other side, they'll mm-hmm. be knocking the doors down again to, to, to come see HBCUs. I agree, and and Morgan State has really put guys in the NFL over the past several years. I mean, it may not necessarily be on television, but basketball, too, making the NCAA tournament is huge. I can't say the same for my alma mater just yet. Um, go ahead, man. Don't do I'm that. I'm not going to mention it. So, <laughs> gonna, go Don't do that. <laughs> but to, 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 re, to rewind the tape a bit, so to speak, Coach, you grew up here in the D.C. area. But first, you before you go there, street ball we, oh. Before you go there, where's what is your alma mater? Oh, uh, I see it. Yeah, dang. Uh, uh, University of Maryland Eastern Shore, my brother. You know, Maryland Eastern Shore had an NBA player, if I'm not mistaken. I, I it is it's not hitting me right now. Morgan had um Marvin Webster, right? I wanna say UMES may have had Joe Pace who played for the um, the Washington Bullets. I can't remember if he went to UMES, but uh, UMES had some big time football players. I can say, tell you that. Art Shell. NFL players back in the day. We Art Shell. Art Shell is the most notable, and he's donated a lot to the school. And trust me, even when I was there, we had some guys who made it into NBA training camps. Wally, you remember? Uh, yeah, um, Reece. yeah, Reece. And um, he was a, a shooter. I mean, and Ken Wa- and Wallace like, too. And Wallace. And Wallace, too. Yep, Kevin Wallace, Mm -hmm. another one. He played big-time basketball overseas. We had some guys, 
um, teach right as well, just to mention it, just to plug it. Um, so I'm not discrediting our university at all. We just never made the NCAA tournament. I never had that experience. So that's all I'm saying. Oh, okay, I got it. It's, it's, it's okay, though. Uh, you. No, Joe Pace, I, now that I'm thinking about it, went to uh, Coppin State, if I'm not mistaken. He may have, you know, went to Coppin State. And I, and I do think – um. If I'm not one of the Ford brothers, Jake Ford, Hank Ford, I think it was Jake Ford went to UMES and played in the NBA. But I, I could be, I could be wrong. That was way before my time. I just remember when he coached at um, Fayetteville State. I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. He may have coached at Fayetteville or Hampton. I can't remember when I played in the CIAA. I do remember he was one of the the, the players that came out of uh, UMES. I think he was a, like a second or third round draft pick. I can't remember with who, but I'm pretty sure he played in the NBA out of UMBS, but I could be corrected. So let's move forward. <laughs> yeah, Ford, the Ford brothers, I know they coached at Hampton for a long time. I appreciate the love regardless. You know, I, like I said, I do know the history. I've been educated, so I'm I'm not at all ashamed of my school. I'm proud. You know, we can be rivals during this season. We're going to be cool right now. <laughs> kind of, again, delve into your history a bit. You grew up here, again, like I said, in the Washington, D.C. area. Like, where did you play ball at? And are there any notable guys that you played against? Oh, man, we played everywhere in the city. We went around looking for games. Mm. You know, I played down Birdie Backers Junior High. We played at Candy Cane. We played at Hillendale. I mean, we went all over, and then we went to the indoor gyms, number two. You know, we played everywhere there were competition. And some of the players played against a lot of guys that went to the NBA. I mean, one of the best players I ever played against was Johnny Dawkins, who mm. played at Mackin and went to Duke, played with the Sixers, played against Lynn Byers. We beat them to go to Cold Field House when I left Dunbar and went to Blair. Mm. Um, I'd go to Adrian Branch's. There were a lot of big name guys back then that we I grew up playing against, and you know, it, and it was guys that you didn't make it that was probably better than some of those guys. I mean, you know, the streets sometimes cut cord, you know, get you caught up in DC. Mm-hmm. But I played against some great ones, man. You know, and watched a lot. I played against John Doan, Bebe, and them high school teammate Anthony Jones at Dunbar. You know, he went to the NBA. It's it's a lot on my shoe. Playing against a bunch of guys in high school. Uh, Dooms, William Martin, and, and Gene Smith, and all those guys at McKinley Tech. I mean, there were some great players coming up during the, the, the 70s and 80s and the 90s when I came through. So a lot of good players. But I think Johnny Dawkins and Lenny, Daw- and Lenny Bias was two of the best that I played against. Absolutely. And, and, and Lenny Bias is always the name that comes up. We've been doing this DMV Baller Series you know, since the release of the Prince George's County documentary. And at every interview we've had, we've had Lynn Bias come up. It's just amazing how, you know, that legacy lives mm-hmm. on. And speaking of what, you know, because Lynn Bias has influenced a generation, what other players that you can think of, maybe older than you, who influenced you when you were growing up? Ooh. I mean, you had the Adrian Dantley's, the John Dorans, the um, Craig Shelton's. Ooh, growing up, I mean that that whew, in D.C. You're talking about like <laughs> right before my age group. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot of those guys. I, I, it's hard to remember a lot of those guys, but it was some really good players that that came through this area. 
you know, on the playground that, that we grew up watching before we can get in the big games on the playground. Um, it, it, it was a ton of them. I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but I tell you, I, I, I'm going to give you this one thing. People think about the Matha now and St. John's and Gonzaga. They weren't even – the Matha was very good back then. Mm-hmm. But the D.C. and a high was the place to be back then. That's where the, the real – D.C. and a high was better than the, the Catholic school league now. That's how many guys mm-hmm. that was coming through there and how it was viewed. People was, you know, recruiting at high school in the D.C. areas back then. It was it was a great time to, you know, come up and be around. It was unbelievable. But, yeah, it, it was a lot of those guys. Hawkeye Whitney at the math that you play, you, you watched. Uh, uh, oh, I'll give you one. Derek Wittenberg out of the math and sitting mm-hmm. on those guys. Mm-hmm. Especially Derek. I was, he's a dear friend of mine. Very close friend. I mean, there's a lot of these guys, but it's it's hard to just name one super other than Lenny and Johnny Dawkins. Mm. And we played against those guys and grew up watching them, pulling for them when they left here. It was, it was uh, Jeff Baxter. You know, a lot of people don't remember. Jeff went to Carroll, ended up going to Maryland. He, that was big back then. He was doing my time, but before us, it was – Asian Dantley's, you know, mm-hmm. the Kenny Cars and, you know, the Hawkeye Whitney's and all those guys. You listen to-, to Coach Bush McAdams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Name. Sorry, Wally, go ahead. Coach McAdams is a legend in himself. Mm. You know, he's one of the best oh, coaches yeah. to come through this area. You know, he, he built Moray into something that half of us didn't even know about when we were growing up. Then we started going up there and playing on Saturdays and Sundays with those guys. I mean, he built the powerhouse with them. You know, I tell you another name that came through here. A lot of people won't remember Larry Wright. How about this? I don't remember if he was a McDonald's All American. He went to Western High School, which now is Duke Ellington. He leaves Western High School and goes to Grambling. That was one of the reasons I went to Grambling. Now he went there in the seventies, but I remember my dad telling me about him and. The coach is calling me about, you know, we had a great player from D.C., Larry Wright. And I'm, when I say great player, if you look him up, Larry Wright was one of the best. And he played with the Washington Bullets. So you listen I think to- it was Larry Wright. I'm, I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm getting senile <laughs> in my age. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was. He was at um, you- Western High School. So I, I think it was Larry. <laughs> You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene right now. We have Morgan State basketball coach Kevin Brodus on the line. So, so coach, um, while playing at at Bowie State University, when did you know you wanted to be a head coach or a coach in general? Um, you know what? I, I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. Um, because I always say I did not go to. I didn't go to college to be a coach. Mm. I went to college to, to, to get a business degree, and I did. And I went in business with my wife for 13 years. I did the business side of her hair salon that was up on West Carson Avenue outside of Tinley Town, mm-hmm. above Georgetown. And, you know, I got got bored sitting up there doing all the paperwork, counting the money. I don't know how you can get bored doing <laughs> that. <laughs> then I just started going to practices down at Bowie. <laughs> Start going to practices and watching, and Coach Hart asked me to 
help him out. Did, did I have interest? And I didn't have a lot of interest in it, to be honest with you. But then it, it caught my interest once I started going down there. And, you know, I, I liked it a little bit. Then I started doing it. And then I went up to UDC to work with one of the GOATs. I mean, I got two two mentors that, you know, both are deceased, uh, Will Jones and John Thompson Jr. Mm. that taught me a lot about this game. And it, it took off when I went to UDC. I must say it really took off. I, I kind of want to get to that. Uh, you, you mentioned Coach Thompson, who passed. Um, obviously, you know, we, we lost a legend. We lost a national treasure. Um but do you have any funny, any sto- any memorable stories or funny stories about Coach Thompson? You know, I don't like to share a lot of the stories. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you one quick story about Big Coach. So I was at GW, I think from 98 or 99 to 2000, until I went to Georgetown, 2003, 2004, whenever it was. And, we, and I had helped Coach Hodge put together a really good team. I mean, the next year when I left, they they rose as high as number two in the country. Mm. And I remember going to a Final Four. And Ronnie, his youngest son, and John called me about going to dinner. And I'm not even thinking. John had just gotten a job at Georgetown. And we go, I think it was the Ocean Air, one of those places in it was, I think, Indianapolis. I can't remember exactly because mm. I've been to uh, many of Final Fours with them <laughs> and went to dinner. But this one particular one, we go, I meet them out for dinner. We get to dinner, and Ronnie and John just says, it was the weirdest thing. I, I At the time, it didn't even dawn on me. They just said, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. They leave me sitting there with big coats, and I'm talking like within 10 seconds, he goes off on me. And like the comedian, comedian said, now remember, I knew him, but I didn't know him. <laughs> you know, you don't really know. <laughs> so he just 10 seconds in, you, I don't trust you. I don't know why my sons like you. <laughs> then he asked, what you did in this bu-? He asked, he said, what have you done in this business? And I'm looking at him like, what do you mean? But he was like, you ain't done, you know how he talks. You ain't done SHT. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting around, you know how you sitting somewhere and you're looking around like, am I being punked? Am I being are they videoing this? And, and he's like, you ain't done SHIT. I don't trust you. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at him like, well, you really don't know me, but I didn't say anything. But I'm like, what the hell have I got myself into? <laughs> So, I mean, this went on for about, no exaggeration, about 12, 15 minutes. And there's other people in the restaurant. And I'm looking around like, ooh, I'm feeling like about as big as a, a, a penny at this point. And I know people can hear him because he's got that type of voice, mm-hmm. baritone voice, you know, telling me I ain't shit. I don't know why my son's like you. I don't trust you. I mean, he's, he made me feel so low. And I'm like. What is this all about? <laughs> so about 12, 15 minutes later, they both come back. And I'm like, what kind of bathroom? What did y'all going to do in the bathroom together for that? So they just sit down and no one said anything. We ate dinner. It was uncomfortable. And nothing, I mean, just left that night. 
And I, you know how you walk away, you leave out the door? Uh-huh. I turn around to look to say, what the F just happened? <laughs> <laughs> the next day, the next day, I get a call from uh, JT3. Hey, uh, what do you think about working at Georgetown? And I'm like sitting there like, after last night? <laughs> wow. Is that what? I said, I would love to. You know, that was, you know, growing up, you yeah. either like Georgetown or you like Maryland mm-hmm. back then. And most African Americans mm-hmm. my age like Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So I started working there. So one day, I just said to John, I said, you know, the other, you know, whenever it was like last month when we went to dinner, what was that all about? He just laughed. He said, oh, Pops just had the interview. Oh, that was the interview. And he wanted to see if I was going to fold or if I was going, you know, Wow! I'm just looking at the man like he was crazy. You know, 10 years after I was there, you know, I left. I went there, got the job at Binghamton, and whatever happened up there happened. He was the guy that called me and said, son, you want to come back? You know, and I mean, he he treated me like a son. Mm. But you know what? They always he always said, you know, to people, some of the assistants he never talked to when they were there. Mm. You know, he knew who could take it and who couldn't couldn't take it. And that was one story. You know, I always tell kids, you never know when you're being interviewed. Mm. And that was an interview. Mm. They didn't interview me. Mm. He wasn't going to ever let no one come in that program without his blessing. Mm-hmm. And that's we got real close. Coach and I was very close. I'm very close with their family, the brothers, sisters, and the mom. You know, and you know, I, I trust them just like they probably trust me. So, and I tell you one thing, Pops always said, you know, he don't want people around that he couldn't trust. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, when you talking about an interview, that was an interview. And that was one nugget uh, I can give you about big story. coach. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I'm and I'm sugarcoating half of it. Oh, I can imagine. It was, <laughs> really, it was really, really over the top to the point. I, I it was days I'm like, and, and you have to work for them to appreciate it. I mean, I, the the sad part, and let me let me. I know I'm all over the place with him, but the sad part is when I did work there. You know, I I. I took it for granted mm. who I was working with, working for, however you want to, I mean, because I was around them so much, people would have paid to be in this company. Mm. I mean, the man did so much for us as a college basketball coach. He did so much, not just as a college basketball coach, as a human being, you know, I pulled up some of the stuff he did, you know, some of the things he stood up for, some of the people he stood up for. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's amazing, you know, and I think about him all the time, you know. One night, I, one one day I was asked a question, but I couldn't even ask it. It broke me down so bad. That's mm. just how wow. close I, was, I am with that family. Mm. So, but yeah, that was just to be, that was the light version of what really went on. All right, we appreciate you sharing, Coach. We've heard so many stories as of late, you know, on this show um, that included Roy Hibbert, you know, crying when he first met him, and Chris <laughs> Wright, how he talked about this little light skinned dude on campus. Uh, I can, just, just I can showing give you how the, the, the big personality he was. I can ahead, give bro, you the, and I coach Roy. My three years that yep. I coach Roy, <laughs> from a freshman to a, a junior, and this is a, the God honest truth. Roy will tell you, 
he used to ride Roy so bad. I mean, it was, it was, it was criminal. <laughs> and one day, I never forget this. We in that old gym over at McDonough. He said, Roy, you're going to be the worst big man to ever come through this school. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? Honestly, honestly, that day he said it, I honestly believed him. He was that bad. Roy was that bad. Mm -hmm. And he was the the worst, sorriest freshman ever seen in my life <laughs> in a college basketball. He used to ride Roy so bad. So one day he was like, Roy, come here. You ain't, you know what? You ain't done nothing yet. You ain't. Roy had thought about transferring. And he may not have told, he don't tell a lot of people this. Four games into his freshman season, he thought about transferring. We had just played Davidson. So let me fast forward. That was his freshman year. By his junior year, no, by his sophomore year, I remember Coach saying, same thing, Roy. And Roy worked. He's probably the hardest working, one of the hardest working kids I've ever coached in my life. He was so bad. People in pickup games wouldn't pick him. And by his sophomore year, I remember big coach getting on him really bad. And I was joking. I was joking. And I said, Roy, don't worry about that. You the franchise. You're going to be the franchise if you ain't. Four years after when he finished, guess what? And I was saying it jokingly, mm -hmm. just, you know, trying to get Roy to stay focused, mm -hmm. stay on his P's accused, or just just keep working. When he graduated, you know what we called him? Franchise. That's how he got the name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, 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 we talk about it all the time. I gave him the name Franchise by default, by just joking with him. Now he's the franchise mm. to make an NBA all-star, you know, uh, team. That's my guy. Wow. Big franchise. Man, that, that's amazing. You know, we always seem like we don't have enough time when we, when we talk with our, our various guests as part of this series, but it's all good because I don't know where you're going to sit on this one. I want to ask you, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you know, so far you've been pretty candid, which is dope. I appreciate it. Um, you also, of course, coached under Mark Turgeon at Maryland and the ongoing discussion in this area is why isn't Georgetown, Maryland a rivalry? Where do you stand on that? And are you willing to share what your thoughts are? Well, you know what? This is my kind of soft thought on that. Rivalries are usually built over years and they play for years, same conferences. Georgetown rivalry will always be Syracuse. Mm. No ifs, ands, buts about it. I mean, Big Coach and Beheim made that a rivalry. I mean, it's a heated, hated, tolerable rivalry. Maryland rivalry will always be Duke. Mm -hmm. And kind of sort of Carolina. Lefty made it more so Carolina because he hated Dean Smith. God rest his soul. And he always thought one way. But after Lefty left, Duke became Maryland's rivalry because they were always in the same league. Rivalries are built off of plan each year. Maryland and Georgetown, I don't know if it's ever going to be a rivalry. You know, it's, you know, it's one of those type things. It would be fun to play that game mm -hmm. maybe every other year, more so than every year. 
it, it, it was fun, even though I was on the side when we lost both times to him, and I couldn't live that down when I went to Maryland. That's all they talked about. <laughs> Considering the first time at Maryland with two minutes to go, no, the first time at Maryland, we were beating them probably 36 minutes of a 40-minute game. The second time when we played at Capital One or MCI Center, whatever it was, then we were up 10 points with two minutes to go. Mm. And we fell apart both games. Mm -hmm. And Maryland, I'm not sure if they really wanted to be a rivalry, and I'm not too sure Georgetown wanted to be a rivalry. Um, Mm. They have their rivalries, if you really think about it. I don't know who would be Maryland's rivalry now going to the Big Ten because – they don't mm-hmm. play Duke as much, but I know when Duke and Maryland was in the ACC over the last probably 15, 20 years, that was their rivalry, the Blue Devils. If you bring Duke up at Maryland, people get on edge. That's just like Georgetown. When I was there, I lived it. Syracuse was a rival. I always wanted to be Connecticut more than Syracuse mm-hmm. because I had good friends there, and it became a – Pseudo rivalry, but nothing like Syracuse. Everything stops Syracuse week. You know, you when you have these shows, uh, ESPN rivalry. Week, mm-hmm. Who do you see these teams? In? You don't even see Maryland in it as much as you used to. Georgetown's always playing Syracuse. Yeah. Now it's Duke, Carolina, Georgetown, Syracuse. You know, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, you know, schools like that. I mean, the 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 ACC. Going to the Big Ten with Maryland changed their landscape of having a rivalry. Because in the Big Ten, I'm not too sure Maryland has a rivalry as of today. I mean, all the games are big games, but it's not like when Maryland played Duke or Carolina. That's like Virginia, Virginia Tech. That's a rivalry. You know, so we'll see. I I, I don't know if it'll ever be like what the fans want it to be. Maybe someday, but I don't think it'll happen no time soon. Just knowing both of the head coaches at both of those places. So, so uh, coach, I want to go back to Morgan State. So, and you know, you being from DC, DC, being from DC, DMV. How important is it to recruit here in the DMV for you? Is that a priority or number one priority for you? Um, it's a priority, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna say it's the number one priority okay. because they're basketball players in Baltimore in the surrounding counties, in PG County, Montgomery County. But I love D.C. Mm-hmm. You know, I always love to have D.C. Uh, players because I know a lot of times D.C. kids come up the way I came up, hungry and tough. So we want those type kids in our program. So we're going to always, always recruit the DMV area. Absolutely. So, Coach, as I said, it seems like we didn't have enough time, but we appreciate all that you had to share tonight, especially the story about, you know, Coach Thompson. That was, that was, that was great. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to add? And hopefully, you know, we can have you back on down the line. We, we hope to do like an HBCU panel because you hit the nail on the head. This is where it's headed. HBCUs are about to be back in the discussion, the top 25 in the country. Also being in the discussion, you know, of landing the top recruits. We're already seeing this take place and, it's going to be just a blessing to see it evolve. So, you know, again, anything else you want to add and, you know, look forward to having you in the future. No, I, I just appreciate you guys taking time out, doing what you're doing, keeping the folks in the community educated on what's going on out here. And 
I would love to come back on at some point. And, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to have young brothers doing, doing well out here and doing it the right way. You know, mm-hmm. we all came up when I came up, you know, you, you, you just try to make it. Mm-hmm. You guys are making it. Just keep making it happen with these young guys that's coming up, you know, that you grew up with and guys younger than you guys. Give them the, the, the blueprint to be successful. You guys keep doing what you're doing. Love to come back on, and thanks for having me. Well, thanks again, Coach. Thank we appreciate you. that. We appreciate Thank your you. kind words. We do. We, te- we definitely do. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, guys. Much success, and stay safe out here. Same here. Thank you so much. You do the same. Have a blessed night. You too. Thanks. All right, man. That was awesome. That was Coach. Again, that was Coach Kevin Brodus from Michigan State. Will's T's Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State. Sorry, Morgan State. What am I? I'm having a moment. Morgan, Morgan State. State. I know. Morgan. I fixed. I fixed it. Oh. I fixed myself. I fixed myself quick. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Morgan State. I'm. Sorry, I went to UMES, bro. The Morgan State. The Morgan State. I went to UMES, man. So obviously, I have UMES on the mind. You know what I mean? That's the HBCU I have in mind. I'm sorry, Will Z. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> hey, the watch hey, it. I know what I'm thinking, right? What are you thinking, bro? Round table. I know you always right think now. around table. You mentioned it. I was like, all right, it's going to happen, man. <laughs> I already know what Ray's thinking, man. The Washington football team finally got a win <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about that after the break and listen to the Urban Sports Team. For ages. You dig? Listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole. Uh, hold on, let me pass these dudes in. 
Sunday, the Washington football team dominated the Dallas Cowboys 25 to 20, 25 to three. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game? I'll start with Will T. Uh, it went, yeah, it went like I told you it would. I mm-hmm. told you this was a very winnable game for Washington this week. Yeah. Um, the Dallas team offensively, they are terrible. And defensively, and I'm starting to question. Whew. I mean, offensively and defensively. Okay, yeah. You know, Andy Dalton can't stretch the field and, mm-hmm. and fully utilize the weapons that he has at his disposal. Well, from an offensive perspective, that's one. Two, the offensive line, they only have Connor Williams is the only remaining starter from week one that's still active, um, that, that, that isn't injured and that's active on the roster. That's two. Three, that Dallas defense is looking historically bad. Um, and four, I'm really to start. I'm really starting to question if they are taking for Trevor to replace Dak. Who the Cowboys? Yeah, I know. Yeah, just I mean they just traded Everson Griffin. I know. Just they just did. I know. Um, not just yeah, not to say that Everson Griffin is a, is a is a, yeah, beast, a world beater at anything or all pro, but he he he's, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting to think, you know, is, is there a you know, potential um, tanking going on because I, I I think if you're just being honest and you're evaluating everything, I just, I'm not going to go too far off on this tangent. But Trevor Lawrence has pretty much stated that, you know, it's still up in the air if he will come out mm-hmm. um, next, next spring in the NFL draft. But if a team like Dallas or a team like Atlanta is sitting up top and is close enough, when it could potentially trade with the Jets, if the Jets do go on a 16, you know, if he starts to put, you know, starts to put that message out there, you know, we'll, you know, you never know. Yeah. Hey, Ray, what, what did you think about the I'll game? I'll tell you what Dallas needs to do. They need to sign fish. Listen, brother. <laughs> go ahead, bro. You trash. You trash. Hey, T. Liver, you, he, he getting at you, bro. He getting at you, bro. The best safety in the NFL who's not even on the squad, bro. He getting on you. <laughs> I'm just joking. But real talk, I just want to say I, I'm, so, I'm so proud of, of the Washington fans that I'm connected with on Twitter, including Wole, who enjoyed this win. And finally recognized that this team actually beat a squad that they were supposed to beat. Like this depleted offensive line, Bruh. all that Dallas is dealing with, the quarterback being gone, Man. you knew that you were supposed to beat this team. And that's what happened. I was just scared to pick Washington. But I also like the fact that folks kept, have kept it real. Washington football so far has played their best game against NFC East opponents. Yeah. That's it. Bruh. And, and, the, and the NFC East right now is not the, the best division. Yeah. So you're being real. However, it, it's wild how people – Man. I'm saying people mean the Washington fans Man. who are excited that, of course, you beat your rival. you got to beat your rival when yeah. you're down. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what Washington – I mean, are they really a rival? It's a rival. No, it is. According to – no, it is. According to the folks in Texas that we talked to, it is. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it, it's, still, <laughs> it's still a rival historically. I mean, regardless, it's just like Carolina Duke. If, if Carolina's down, Duke still beats up on them. It's mm-hmm. still a rival even when it's, you know, a bad team. But anyway, as much as people – Playoffs don't matter because NFC East is bad. The way folks celebrate it watching this game, the playoffs will matter if you make it. I don't care what nobody tells me. I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. Man, I, I, my issue with this game is, like, I, I, I'm lukewarm on this game. I mean, I'm, 
it's good that you beat a team you're supposed to beat. Supposedly you're supposed to beat, but you had mm-hmm. two bad teams playing against each other. It is what it is. Like so, you know the teams that you played that are over 500 this season, you got dominated. You lost to a Giants team that in New York who wasn't that good, and then you beat a Dallas team front for. If you look at defensively, they've been the they've been one of the worst defenses in the NFL period. And offensively, offensively they lost their their um. Their quarterback, they lost their franchise quarterback due to an injury. So they played Andy Dalton. So you didn't even get the best of, you didn't get the best of that squad of what they're, they're capable of doing. So it's hard for me to grade this game any which way. Like again, this, we've seen this team's running game throughout the first, the, you know, the first, uh, what they're, what they're two and five. So the first, the first six games of the season and they had no running game. They played the Cowboys. They had a running game, you know, they were getting 60 yards a carry, 60 yards, and you know the running backs were getting basically just 60 yards in every game. When they played the Cowboys, they got all that. Uh, you got Logan Thomas, who has been okay, but against the Cowboys, looked like a Pro Bowl tight end. Uh, quarterback play was better. They got third down conversions. Again, you're playing against lesser competition. My issue with fans is like now it's like, oh, the team has turned the corner. Have they really turned the corner? Do we really know they turned the corner? Because competition dictates everything. That's like me scoring, me playing against a five-year-old and, and putting up 30 or 100 points. And then when I'm playing real competition, I'm giving you just five points. I haven't turned the table. So competition dictates where you're at. So my, my, my issue with fans who are like who watch that game, who are now like, you know what? This team has turned the table. Pump your brakes. Wait till they play, say, the Detroit Lions that's coming after the Giants game. Or even the Giants game because you already lost to the Giants. So you play the Giants. You put out, you put out a better product. It, which is a win, and you looked effective on offense and defense because defense has been an issue too. You sacked the quarterback multiple times against the Giants because you didn't do that the first time. You you throwing the ball for 300 yards or 250 or whatever, the same thing you did against the Cowboys. You do that against the Giants. You run the football effectively against the Giants. after This, this is after the bye week. Then we can talk about turning the corner. But you played a bad Cowboys team that you can look at and say, hmm, they may have quit. So how do you really say you turn the corner when you're playing against lesser competition? That's even lesser than the teams that you played already that in, in the NFC East. They're less than the Eagles and they're less than the Giants. That's a great point. Um come, you know, but but let's just you know, let's just reflect on and take this victory as what it what it was. Yeah. It, it it was probably or not probably, it was the most effective and efficient that we've seen this offense then um play at level level of play this whole season. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, what do you think about the play of Kyle Allen? Um, it's hard. play against the Cowboys. It's hard. It's Again, it's hard. I mean, he played well. I'm not going to – because if we're looking at it for what that the game was, he played well. He, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. He, he played his role. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, he had a command of the offense. He had a running game, which makes everything easy, right? Um, the other in the other games, with him included and him included, Alex Smith, Dwayne, whoever, they didn't, they never had a running game. In this game, they had a running game. We all know if, if a quarterback has a running game, he's going to play, but he should play better. So we had that, and he had a defense who was dominating the other side of the football. So there was no real pressure for him to, you know, have having to make a key play or whatnot. So, but all in all, he played well. Let me ask you this: the one, I guess split that came out of this victory was the injury to Landon Collins. Yeah. Um, it's been reported that he's having season ending. Achilles. He has a season ending, ending Achilles tendon injury. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you have a rookie, Carmen Cole, who's a seven-round pick, I like him. who's going to replace him. How comfortable do you feel with Cameron Curl as the starting strong safety, knowing that Eric Reed has already did not declined the offer to join Washington's practice squad? Which isn't that insulting? Insulting though, right? You offer Eric Reed to be on a practice squad. <laughs> That's a whole different thing, man. Um, I, I like Curl. Like, I mean. I wouldn't have my issue about the offer to Eric. I would uh, Eric Reed to me is better. I have, I have a lot of respect for Eric Reed. Um, I think Eric Reed is an all pro. I mean, we can talk about. Yeah. I mean, let's, well, let's talk about let's talk about um, Eric Reed. The the, the, the offer. The lack of respect. That's a, that's disrespectful. That to a that's disrespectful. Squad. That's I mean a practice squad. Don't offer him then. If you're gonna offer him, a, he's, like I get the Des Bryant. You know, Des Bryant going to Baltimore, giving a, a practice squad slot because he's just coming off. Of, he's coming off of a major injury, right? He's coming off an Achilles injury, so I can. You can make an argument to say, all right, you know, him being offered a practice squad contract, I can get that. Like, I get that. Eric Reed is healthy. He played for the Carolina last year. He was a good football player. He just didn't, couldn't get, for some strange, for whatever reason, he couldn't get a job in the NFL, right? This season, like, for whatever reason. Um, but you're offering Eric Reed a practice squad slot? Really? That's what we're doing right now? Like, don't offer him that. Like, don't even offer I mean, him. Don't even offer him yeah. if you're going to do that. What's even more telling is, and I don't know why they would go down that route, but Ron Rivera has history. With That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's capable of. Why <laughs> offer him a practice squad slot when you know that compared to what you have on your roster and a level of play that Eric Reed well, has uh, shown you over the past two yeah. years while you were in Carolina, well, why even make that offer to but, him? But, Will T, even, let's go even more than that, though. You know who Eric Reed is. And you know what he stands. For. He's know what he stands for. He's not gonna do that. Like you know what I'm saying? He knows his value. He's not gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? Like Eric Reed isn't gonna be. Is you? Rob Rivera should know this. Like you think Eric Reed's gonna take a practice squad spot, slot, knowing what that man stands for? Are you serious? Like it's insulting. That was insulting. Like you wasted your time. It's like you knew. Like you you offered him that, knowing he was gonna say no. So it was a, it was a good PR move for you. You know what I'm saying? That's how I, I look mean, at maybe, it. Maybe that's the open. Maybe that may, well, you know, in negotiations, they usually say you start with a low offer. But practice squad, and then you work your way. Up. I get you, but practice squad, I, I get, get you it. low ball. I, I get yeah, a low I ball. Get it. I get it. Yeah, like I get you. Something you're saying. I get what you're saying. You're right. When you're negotiating, you do start low to low to high. But a practice a practice squad? Nah, come on, man. If I'm Eric Reed. A dude who's been in multiple Pro Bowls. I played for you last year. I played. I was very effective for you last year. I know your system, and you're going to offer me a practice a practice squad slot. Uh, nah, man. Nah, it's okay. It's almost. It's it's okay. Like Cam got it. You know what I mean? With lat, during the off season. Eric, nah, man. You ain't going to do that to me. You're not going to do that to me. Uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> nah, I get it. I, I I'm, and I'm I'm happy that Eric Reed declined it. I'm happy he did because I think that's disrespectful. You know what I mean? Anybody who thinks that it, and anybody who uses the Dez Bryant comparison, it's, it's totally different, man. I, I saw it on social media. I'm like, it's totally different. Don't do that. And, you know, I'm an advocate for Dez Bryant, but it's a totally different situation. Dez is coming off an Achilles, and that is different than unhealthy Eric Reed. Don't do that. <laughs> but to Landon Collins, though, no, I feel bad for him. No, it's okay. No, I got it for Landon Collins, though. Yeah. It's, I mean, for Curl, I think it's a great opportunity opportunity for Curl. Um, every, you know, when he, he plays often, um, and he and he and he flashes. I I think he can play well. 
Um, you know, well, Landon, Landon Collins was struggling. State, well, you just stated, you just stated that you know it's an opportunity for Curl. Maybe mm-hmm. that's how the coaches, staff, and the front office are looking at it. Maybe yeah. they're saying we want to have Eric Reed available to us, but first, what we want to do is we want to take this bye week and we want to take next Fair. week um, when Curl has the opportunity to start at strong safety against the Giants and yeah. evaluate him. But hey, we do want to, you know, maybe put you on notice or put you in the pipeline. You can do that. I mean, you don't still. I mean, to, to me, you can know, do, to potentially come up to the to the to the active roster. No, I get you. I get it. But I, I think you can still do that after if if Curl bombs um, after you know after the buy, you still can pick up Eric Reed. I'm just saying, like you still could. Like no one's gonna pick up Eric. I mean, but, but for whatever reason, I mean, use that caveat. That caveat for whatever reason. Folks aren't picking up Eric Reed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and you can always lean on Eric Reed. And again, Eric Reed knows the defense. So it's something that he's already familiar with. I just think that's a player that you can just slide in. And if he does, you know, if he needs like a breather, you have curl. You know what I mean? You do have curl to like kind of like, all right, to face him in little by little. So face Eric Reed in little by little. So you can still do that. I just, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the practice squad thing. Like that rubs, that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. yeah, so, all right, mate, we'll make our week eight NFL picks after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team. You dig? Sports Journey. Make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. Also, make sure you check check out check, make sure you check out the Football Garbage Time podcast um, at www.footballgarbagetime.com. We have a weekly battle of NFL pick'em games, um, so in, including Survivor picks. Uh, here are our, here are our overall. Um, here are our records in the football garbage time urban sports scene pick 'em challenge uh, through seven weeks. Will T is thirty. 30 excuse me, is sixty eight and thirty six. Um, I'm sixty five uh, and thirty nine, and Ray is sixty one and forty three. Um, here are our overall. Here are our standings in the cha- in the uh, challenge. Will is in second place. I'm in fifth place and Ray is in eighth place. Hakun Wong from the Football Garbage Time crew is in first place. Uh, you can also, ch- again, you can also check out our standings and picks at www.footballgarbagetime.com. Will T, you got any smart comments you have? You I mean, you had a lot to say during break, Will T. Nah, yeah. I mean, only thing I can say is I think I'm going to start sending Hakun my picks on Sunday after before the game's locked. 
Cause right. I think he's taking some of my picks and <laughs> trying to help it to put himself over the top. But it's all good, man. So you th- he's still he's still it's in picks. Good. Everybody drink from drink he, from the faucet. Hey, so he's so he's still in picks. Faucet so, the football knowledge. So wait, he's he's still in picks. Yeah, you still, he's still in, Oh man, wow. Yeah. Man, so Rick Martell, Ray Jeezy, this is like spraying will with arrogance. Rick Martell, dog. He got it right now, man. So it's all right. <laughs> this show is recorded. We know the history. <laughs> all right, man. Let's start. With, let's start with our week eight picks. Uh, I'll start with Ray. Falcons, Panthers. I got my Falcons in upset, baby. All right. Hey, hey, Will, are you are you making picks or are you just gonna keep it quiet like you did tell me? Like, yeah, I'm making picks. <laughs> I, I'm gonna let you guys go first. You, you, go, you go. All right, let me go. All right, I got. I love. It. I'm going with the Panthers, man. That's a great pick, um, Wally. I'm going with the Panthers off. <laughs> I hate this dude. He's going to do this crap. Hey, Ray, uh, Patriots, Bills. Again, another upset in my book. I'll take Bill Belichick all day. I got the Patriots. I got the Patriots as well. Will T. I'm going with the Bills on this one. Um, I just don't think that, that uh, Patriots offense has enough firepower. Mm-hmm. I love this dude, man. I, 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 I love Will, man. Titans versus the Bengals. I'm gonna start off. You know what I mean? Since I've been start with uh Ray, I'm gonna start this off. I got the Titans. Ray. Hey, Titans, easy. Will. Yeah, I'm going with Titans. Okay, no. All right. Ain't no. You got no commentary. No, no, no additional commentary to it. No, I said good pick, fellas. <laughs> All right, Raiders, Browns, Ray. Vegas. All right, I got Vegas. Will T? I'm going with the Browns on this one. All right, Browns. Okay. All right. Lions, Colts. I have. Pick it all. I got the Colts, Ray. I got the Colts as well. That defense is real. It is. Yep, I'm going with the sweep. All, all right, the team is working. All right. Vikings, Packers. Uh, I have the Packers, Ray. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Will T? Um, this is a, this is an interesting one for me. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, I'm gonna go Packers. I'm gonna go Packers. All right, all right, all right. Come on, bro. Jets. You, you supposed to be the guru. <laughs> grow some, grow some, bro. Go ahead, pick this. Pick I already have it. Listen, listen. I know. Look, because because of the because the Vikings just made that trade. Yeah. They traded away the uh, the defensive end. To, um, Baltimore. That's that. That's essentially he's essentially their pass rusher. Right? Yeah. So there's okay. no there's no there's no one viable on that front four. Oh, break it down. Okay. Okay, Aaron Will Rogers. T. Break it down. Comfortable in the pocket. <laughs> Will T. That's break. Why I'm going right. with the <laughs> and that's why he's in second place, man. And that's why Will T's in second place. All right, Jets Chiefs. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Jets Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Hey, Ray. Yeah, man. You shouldn't ask this. Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. All right, cool. Dolphins, uh, Rams, Ray. No two of magic here, baby. Aaron Donald all day, Rams. Yeah, hey, got the Rams. Will T. I like I like how the Dolphins uh, adjust their <laughs> adjust their scheme that's versus various opponents, and that's why I'm going with the Dolphins. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Go. Okay. All right, Steelers versus the Ravens. Really. I'm gonna go with the Steelers, Ray. I'm going with B more. Will T. Ah, tough one, but 
I'm going with Baltimore. Okay. I agree with Ray. <laughs> hey, Broncos Chargers. Uh, I got the Chargers. Hey, Ray. Yeah, Jay Herbo looking real out there, man. Yeah. Got to take the Chargers. Will T. I'm going, it's going to make it a sweep. I'm going with the Chargers also. Awesome, man. Another sweep. Well, uh, no, no, excuse me. Excuse oh. Me. No, I, I, I'm going with uh, Denver on this. Okay, we've got the Broncos. Okay. okay. All right, Bears versus the Saints. Nice. Uh, give me the Bears. Ray. I got the Saints. I'm going with the Saints on this one. All right, cool. So, Will's with Ray. All right, Just Ray don't believe in Nick Foles. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Niners, Seahawks. I'll start with Ray. I'll take the Seahawks. Seahawks. Uh, I'll go, I got the Niners. Will T. Uh, this is in Seattle. Yeah, mm-hmm. Seattle. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Seattle then. Okay. Eagles, Cowboys. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Um, start. Hey Ray. This is a terrible game. It is right. Ben DiNucci sounds like an Italian restaurant. <laughs> I cannot pick that, brother. I got the I got the Eagles at Cheese Steak. Angelo, what's good? Well, T, who you got? Uh, I'm happy though. I'm gonna agree with Ray on this. I'm gonna agree with Ray on this one. Um, I I just don't see conceivably how Dallas can beat with the Dallas Dallas the current team that they had. They're gonna put on the field Sunday. <laughs> we all got the Eagles. <laughs> all right, last game, man. Giants Giants versus the um, Buccaneers. I got the Bucks. Uh, Ray. Yeah, well, I got the I got the Bucks as well. I have the Buccaneers also. All right, man, sweet. We good, man. We living it, man. Great job, fellas. We living. It. We all got the same squad. We got the same squad. Will T, man, I had to have Will last, man. He was so entertaining. Will T, you're you're very entertaining in that, man. You got the juice, man. No, I mean, I, the the truth. I mean, some <laughs> people find the truth, you know, funny. <laughs> some of us. I hurt by the truth. <laughs> Let me make my survivor pick. I have the charges as my survivor pick. All right, subscribe to our podcast on. Yeah, St- I've been down with this. <laughs> hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene oh, Facebook yeah. page and check out. Uh, the home of the Urban Sports Scene Sports Journey. Um, and that is at, it's at sportsjourney.com. Again, thanks to you all for listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Also, thank Coach Kevin Brodis from Morgan State for being on the show. We appreciate it. Anybody else got any, you know, parting shots, any last words? Feel free. The I floor do. is yours. I do. Um, yep. Um, anyone who can hear my voice who listens to this show, please, 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 please exercise your right to vote. I don't care who you vote for, um, especially if you're African-American. Um, a lot of people sacrificed, shed blood, lost lives um, just for our right to vote. If you haven't voted uh, with the absentee ballot or haven't early voted at one of the um, early voted, please, please, please cast your vote next Tuesday. And that's real talk. All I got to say. And that's real talk. Hey, well, you know I was going to say that, Ray. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. You dig? Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie. Deuces.